Hey there. Welcome to the She Begins podcast. Hi, I'm Jen Whitney. I'm a coach, a mom to a teenager, among other things. And I don't know about you, but I feel like the conversations that women can have together that I've had with my friends, that these conversations are full of gold, especially when we are supporting each other, when we're really listening, and when we let down our guard and share our experiences to help each other. I'm also slightly obsessed with the ability that we have as humans to constantly grow and evolve. That growth isn't always easy, but that growth always comes from a new beginning of some kind. So this podcast will be all about the good, the bad, the ugly, the funny, and the beautiful that happens when we begin again, start over or start a new part of our lives. The women who I get to interview and have conversations with are from all different walks of life, different ages, different hopes and dreams, but they share deeply personal stories with us about their journey, about their new beginnings, about what they loved, hated, learned, were afraid of, all of it. And they share that with us with the hope that their story will help another woman feel comforted, feel encouraged, feel supported and just less alone. Let's begin. Hi, welcome back. Uh, I debated and debated about doing um, this episode and what I wanted to share and what I wanted to keep private. Um, And if I even would have the emotional strength to get through it without crying. Um, So we'll see, that's to be determined. But I, after thinking, I do feel like, some things that I've learned in this really major new beginning I've gone through over the last couple of weeks are things that might help help you or help somebody that you know. So um, I'm going to talk about a new beginning that I went through over the last couple of weeks. And this new beginning is really just a direct mirror of what was ending. Um, I have been in a long-term relationship for the past almost two years. And it was the healthiest relationship that I've ever had as an adult. Things didn't end on bitter or dramatic terms. Um, I won't be sharing any of the specific details because I respect him and respect what we had together. Uh, What we had together was sacred and is in no way going to be cheapened by sharing only a one-sided viewpoint of, of my view of what happened. So that's really not what this episode is about. It's not about the breakup. This is an episode about what I am feeling, what I'm experiencing, what I'm thinking about. Um, so it might sound a little rambly, but that's okay. Um, so for, for general knowledge, not that anybody <laughs> cares or needs to know, but I've been in a serious committed relationship nearly my whole entire adult life with little to no break in between new partners. I don't like being alone. I easily convince myself that I am ready to try again and that this time this person will be different. So in order for the new relationship to take root, I learned how to morph myself into what I think they need and what will make them never want to leave me. I throw myself 100% into their hobbies, their interests, their opinions, their life. And most of the time, I don't see that I'm doing this until way after being really bonded and serious with them. I just get so excited in connecting with someone and wanting them to to feel good that I almost um, disappear inside them without even realizing it. And so 
once it, it is so deep, I just continue on this, this show, this play of what I've created for them to see how I can give to them what they want. Um, my ex-husband once said to me during the ugly months of the divorce process, we were in our room and uh, I think talking again over and over again about some something that we weren't coming to terms with as far as the divorce and the process and I think making the bed together, which is, I don't, I don't even know if that's true, but I remember he just angrily really looked at me and said, you're a fake. And I remember that moment in great detail because something about what he said found truth inside me. I recognized it. It wasn't a lie or a manipulation. I have been fake to some degree in every single relationship I've had. And look, I know we all have um, fake parts of our relationship where we hold back from kind of showing who we truly are at different points. Um, and we all don't want to, you know, rock the security boat by disagreeing. At least I didn't by, you know, changing or showing up fully or asking for what I needed. Um, we convince or I convince myself that someday um, <laughs> they're going to want to know the real me, that they're really going to want to see me. And then that day never comes or it hasn't yet. Um, they never really see the real person that I am. And the longer it goes on, the more fake I choose to become. Um, that way I don't have to feel the pain of rejection or judgment of my worth if they decide once they see the full me that um, I'm really not worth sticking around for. And I don't realize that I'm doing this. It's really an old kind of coping mechanism, an old survival skill that I needed as a kid to keep myself emotionally and physically safe. A lot of pretending, a lot of pushing down of feelings, a lot of needing to stay quiet, a lot of smiling, even if you wanted to be crying, a lot of saying everything was okay, even though it wasn't. And it, it literally wasn't okay for me to express those kinds of emotions, the real emotions. Um, it would usually result, not usually, but if that happened, my fear was that it would, you know, result in some sort of blow up in my parents arguing and some sort of just bad situation for me in my home. And I think a lot of us do that um, as children. And then we carry those, you know, survival skills into adulthood. I remember thinking um, or reading something, I can't remember where, but it was talking about this idea of um, people pleasing, right? That we're people pleasers and, you know, it's a negative um, pattern that we have. And what I remember reading in this particular uh, piece of work was that it really isn't people pleasing in many cases. It's really actual use of survival skills that they've become so ingrained in us as children to keep ourselves emotionally and physically safe that they are something that we do automatically kind of without even thinking about it. And so that, um, people pleasing really isn't our fault per se. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us or wrong with our wiring. It's really that we're just continuing to use those survival skills that we had to use as kids. Um, to keep ourselves safe. So when I, I heard that, it, it gave me a, a sense of like, oh, okay, this is why this is so hard to change. So, so 
working to get a way to break that pattern has been and will most likely continue to be one of the biggest challenges of my life. It's um, the kind of behavior and thought patterns that hard that's hardwired into my brain at this point. And it has taken a lot to undo it bit by bit to rewire it it's kind of like a big ball of um, knotted jewelry that carefully, carefully, uh, you can, you can undo it, but then if you pull too tight, then it kind of just gets worse. So I love analogies. I'm not sure that was the best one to offer right there, but, um, it's not an easy thing. So, um, when I'm recording this, this will be the weekend coming up will be the first weekend without my daughter. And, um, as a single person, again, uh, the first weekend I've had for a very long time, and part of me is like looking forward to hours of having really no one to answer to, to having nothing I need to do or be, to being able to do, you know, whatever I want to do. And that sounds good. And uh, as equally awful sounding is just this anxious, I'm already anxious. I'm already worried about how I'm going to cope with, you know, feeling lonely, feeling bored, feeling like I don't have a purpose, um, and I know that those are extremes. That's not really the the reality. I do have a purpose in life, but I, if you've gone through something hard or a breakup or a divorce, um, those first few times on your own can be really dark and hard. Um, and I know that that's possibly coming. It probably is coming actually. Um, and so I'm letting both of those things, some, you know, the feeling of having something to look forward to and the feeling of being super anxious and worried, I'm letting both of those things be okay. So as I have been grieving this relationship, I have finally just learned to let the sadness come in kind of like a wave and, and to not fight it. Um, I'm also realizing that I can laugh, I can feel playful and happy even right now in the midst of everything. And I'm learning that these feelings just really will come out of nowhere, that a memory will pop up. And I am pretty powerless to stop that, that instead of stopping it, I just need to see him feel those emotions. And at sharing what I wanted to share with you and talking to one of my um, coaching clients last night, I, I delight in her. She actually shared something with me that I hadn't heard before around feelings, thoughts, and actions. And she said, feelings are for feeling, thoughts are for thinking, actions are for doing. You're probably like, well, duh. Yeah. That's, why is that revolutionary? Why is that? Why is that? What, what does that even mean? And so she gave an example that, you know, feelings are not to think about feelings are to feel. And that resonated with me because often I've done so much work in my own um, growth. I do so much coaching and thinking about how to help my clients. I really often try to think my way out of what my body and heart are feeling. So this weekend and many weeks ahead, I'm going to keep on working on feeling those feelings to let them come and go and just to be gentle and take care of myself, right? Um, I've given some serious thought to what I want the next few chapters of my life to look like. And it has really begun to stand out to me that always being in a relationship or pursuing being in a relationship that so much of my free time and energy has been devoted to that. Um, I've never wanted to be alone, to not have, you know, a person, my person, 
But after this breakup, I have identified some things in myself that clearly still need a lot of work and healing before I would be in a genuinely healthy place to begin again with somebody new. And it isn't healing from this most recent relationship because, again, it was beautiful and I'm so grateful to have had that time with him. What I need to heal from or maybe learn to do differently are the patterns that really no longer serve me. So um, I write a lot. So I wrote these things down. So I have a tendency to of, of being nice, sweet, being all about them, overly accommodating to establish my value to them. Um, and that doesn't put me in a place to have my own wants, needs, and interests um, that I ask for them to be met or that they are actually interested in. I have a tendency to crave certain things like security, affection, attention, validation, compliments, those butterflies. And that sometimes can make me overlook everything else so I can get those needs met. Over the course of a relationship, I tend to get quieter and quieter um, instead of being direct about what I need because I'm afraid if um, I express what I need, um, that I shouldn't need that, um, that it will be my fault for, you know, needing something that is unreasonable, um, at the very worst that they will leave. I notice that I, um, sometimes will put out, this is, this is shitty to say, but I, I will put out kind of tests to see like after a certain amount of time, you know, are they going to do this? And if they don't do it, then this really means this about them, or it means this about me instead of having a grown-up direct conversation about what I need. So lots of work to do there. And really, I am super, super good at really losing myself in them. What they like, what they need, um, what they want our time together to be doing. So that's just four of them. There's probably on my page, my journal, probably 20 of them. Um, and there's more specific things that I need to work on changing that I obviously am not going to share so publicly. And I'm, I know you guys get that. So as I begin this new journey, which I don't even know if I like calling it a journey, and I know it's a new beginning. I don't know if I like that wording either, but as I kind of start this process, this new path, I am going to share anything with you that I learn that might be helpful for you or resonate with you. Maybe it will, maybe it won't, but I think it will be helpful to me too, to really spend some time thinking about it and getting a lot of clarity that perhaps I didn't do after previous relationships have ended. So um, I have found a amazing poet that I love her work. Um, she's not super popular. Her name is Julia Fehrenbacher. I'll put her in the, the show notes, but I just wanted to end this episode by reading a poem that she wrote. Uh, her poetry really kind of like lights something up inside of me because her words, like, uh, I don't know, they just speak like truth. They just speak something that I, I can't put into my own words or my own feelings. So, um, here is the poem. The most important thing is the title of the poem. I am making a home inside myself, a shelter of kindness where everything is forgiven, everything allowed, a quiet patch of sunlight to stretch out without hurry, where all that has been banished and buried is welcomed, spoken, listened to, and released. A fiercely friendly place I claim as my very own, 
I'm throwing my arms open to the whole of myself, especially the fearful, fault-finding, falling apart, unfinished parts, knowing every seed and weed, every drop of rain has made the soil richer. I will light a candle, pour a hot cup of tea, gather around the warmth of my own blazing fire. I will howl if I want to. Knowing this flame can burn through any perceived problem, any prescribed perfectionism, any lying limitation, every heavy thing. I am making a home inside myself where grace blooms in grand and glorious abundance, a shelter of kindness that grows all the truest things. And I whisper hallelujah to the friendly sky. Watch now as I burst into blossom. So I knew I couldn't get that through that without crying. Ah, lots of emotions right at the surface. Um, anyway, I hope that this was helpful for you. I hope that maybe there was some part of this that, um, you know, you can relate to or, or that you've gone through. Um, and again, I'll just keep sharing what I, what I, um, learn. And again, I just thank you guys for listening, for letting me have a place where I can really express um, things that I haven't done before. Um, and I, again, I do this because I'm wanting people, women especially, to not feel alone. And, but I'm learning, um, I'm really, I feel like I'm getting more out of doing this podcast than I am giving. So that being said, thank you for listening. I wish you all, wherever you are, a beautiful weekend, and I will talk with you again soon. Bye. Okay, that's all for today. I hope this episode helped you in some way. If you did like it, if it helped you or just made you feel less alone, if it made you laugh, I would be so honored, completely honored, if you would subscribe. Subscribe. I always have trouble. Let's begin that again. Subscribe. (laughs) Subscribe. And maybe even leave a review. And if you are interested in being interviewed for a future episode, I would love to connect with you. The easiest way to do that is through my Instagram, which is at Coaching, J-E-N-L-Y-N-N Coaching. And again, that's the easiest way to get in touch. Feel free to DM me. I would love to connect and get to know more of you. And until next time, bye, my friend.